You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating. I'm your host, Rachel Heinemann, licensed mental health counselor. Each week, we explore the deeper meaning of our relationship with food and our body. I interview experts in the field of eating disorders and psychoanalysis to bring you the answers about why you do the things you do and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 67. You may have noticed, or probably not, I have taken a little bit of a step back from social media, not stories. Stories are just sort of like where I brain dumped, but the other stuff, because honestly, on Instagram, I know you guys all know this, but nothing is being pushed out. And I don't really feel like spending all my time creating things that no one's going to see. So where I do hang out is obviously here in my weekly newsletter, where I sort of channel a lot of the ideas into one place. So if you're looking for some of that, then head on over to my mailing list, sign up on my website and the show notes basically everywhere and sign up there so we can continue to hang out. This week, I am talking all about control. Now, control and eating disorders are something that are so interconnected. I mean, people talk about this phenomenon all the time. Eating disorders are a way to control, maintain some semblance of control. Now, I have a little bit of a problem with that, honestly, because I don't know what control means. Control what? Control things happening outside, control how you feel inside, control other people, control outcomes. Like what what does that actually mean? And in what ways to eating disorders actually help maintain that semblance of control. To me, it just seems like a really reductionist statement. Maybe the ability to scratch the surface with it is, you know, it sort of opens doors to some questions that we have about the function of an eating disorder and that I totally appreciate. But it's so funny. It's actually one of the criticisms that I got from a talk I gave a while back to uh, clinicians on, you guessed it, the psychoanalytic approach to the treatment of eating disorders what else would I be giving a talk on, duh, where somebody had commented that I didn't talk at all about the idea that eating disorders are a way of maintaining control. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, because we kind of talked about the ways in which that actually manifests. But anyways, that's just me getting bitter that I got some criticism. But I think what's important to talk about, especially because we use this so often, the eating disorder way to control. And even if you don't have an eating disorder, Really, a lot of things are used to maintain some semblance of control. If you think about any sort of anxiety or OCD or (laughs) people trying to control conversations or relationships, different interactions, they're all a means of control. And we just have to look at all the specific questions that I asked before about controlling what and what the heck does that mean? So I'll share a little bit about what I understand this to mean. There is a difference between trying to control what's going on externally, so the things that are happening to us, around us, to the people around us, and what's happening internally in this sort of vague way. It's not tangible. We don't really know how to quantify what's going on internally for us. But sometimes that feels chaotic, and we want to be able to control that internally. So it's more of an internal trying to control or trying to control something externally. And the reason why I differentiate this is because I think it's really, really important when we are talking about the idea 
of trying to control something or feeling in control, whether it's with your relationship with food or really anything in the world, I think it's not really so much about things are happening externally and it's chaotic and it's out of control and I need to be in control. I think it's more so the internal. There's something about chaos that happens outside that really affects us in a very specific way, depending on us as an individual, meaning the way that we react to chaos will be individualized. So for example, if we're talking about something happening that's outside of our control, we might feel really anxious as a result of what's going on outside. And this particular anxiety might feel really uncomfortable for us. Or as I like to say, it's more intolerable than uncomfortable. Anxiety is never meant to be comfortable. That's not the point. So the idea that we feel an intolerable level of anxiety is the thing that feels really uncomfortable to us that we want to control. So it's more an indirect consequence to things going on outside. It's all about managing our internal systems so that we feel in control. In essence, that we feel okay, that we're maintaining some form of homeostasis internally. And that word that we use is control, which let's be real, sort of has this negative connotation to it. But it's not so much that we need to control everything. We just need to feel decent, calm, like we understand things. And that is the semblance of control that we're usually striving for. The idea that we can control how we feel, which emotions emerge, anger, anxiety, sadness, disappointment, resentment, and the idea that we can control what's going on externally with other people, with our health, with the state of the world, with everything that's outside of our control is completely an illusion. And for the goal to be to be able to control, then we're chasing something that will never happen. It's a losing battle. So part of the way that I see this strive for control and the goal that we usually strive for is an acceptance of what we can't control. The hardest piece for us as humans is to come to some sort of understanding and acceptance that we cannot control what's outside of our hands. And we cannot control what our emotional reaction is. Like, for example, if something happens and we feel anxious or we feel angry, we can't control that we feel anxious and say, no, 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 I don't feel anxious. Let me put that away. The question is, what do we do with all of this information? What do we do with the anxiety that comes up? Do we try to control it? In which case, then we're fighting, then the anxiety becomes bigger, then it becomes this thing that feels problematic. Or do we try to look at it as information? Hello, anxiety. What are you trying to tell me? Why are you here? What can I learn from you? And what do I need to do? That's the acceptance. I see that you're here. The other piece of acceptance is accepting the things outside of our control, like what other people might think about us or an outcome that might happen. Anything in the world that happens that's outside of our control, something with the weather. I mean, things we really, really cannot possibly control, no matter how superstitious we are and think 
oh, if I think this thought after that thought and then jump three times, no, it's not going to happen. And I think what's really, really difficult is letting go of the fact that we cannot control it because then things are just happening to us, which could then feel like this chaos that we were describing before. So I think just to summarize here, there are two things that I wanted to sort of differentiate. Controlling things that are outside of control of our control and controlling our internal experience. We cannot control things outside of our control. That is something that we have to learn to accept. That is not an easy process, but it is a simple process. Let's just put it at that. The other piece of trying to control our internal experience is let's try to lean into it. Let's try to use our emotions as information. Let's try to be okay with whatever reactions are happening internally. And yes, that is a lot more complicated, a lot more difficult, definitely doable. But striving for this internal calmness as opposed to internal chaos is sort of the goal of working toward some semblance of, quote, control. So as much as I hate the word control, again, it's an illusion, ridiculous. We're not even striving for control. We're striving for calmness. There are different ways that you can think about it. I'm just going to add a little piece specific to the eating disorders that were disordered eating relationship with food, that when things feel chaotic internally and we turn to food or away from food in order to manage that anxiety or whatever it is, that's sort of a response to us, our response to our internal experience that we don't quite yet know how to manage. And so we turn to something that might be a lot more tangible. If someone's going for a binge, food is literally soothing. I mean, think about a baby. That is a thing that food does. It is a way for us to find soothing. And if we do it consciously, that's totally fine. But if we think about there's this thing that I'm feeling, I don't know what it is. I don't know what to do with it. I turn to food and it's soothing. It feels like, and this is where the control word gets so messy and sticky because really the control that we're looking for here is soothing. So in the case of a binge, for example... That might, be, that might be an example of how the eating disorder is a ways of control. Again, not my favorite way to describe it, but sort of how we can conceptualize it. Very often we hear people say that their restriction is a means for control because that's the only thing that they can say yes or no to. And so when we use this agency and say, no, I will not put that in my body, there is this level of stepping into confidence, stepping into agency that perhaps we don't feel on a natural or more intuitive level. And if we do step into the experience of being having agency over our body in a way that we don't yet we don't have without the restriction, then yeah, it is a way to control this feeling internally that we don't have that agency. So again, like this is just an example. It doesn't necessarily have to fit exactly for you. But just a couple of different ways for you to start thinking creatively about how this might be playing out in your life. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter you'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.